the future of photography. Everybody, it's the future of photography. Oh, another week, another hot topic. My name's Adrian and with me is Jeremiah. Hello. And Ema. Good evening. Hey, everybody. How are you doing, Ema? You all right? I'm good. I'm good. I have a bit of a cold, so I'm doing the old husky Kathleen Turner again today. <laughs> Kathleen <laughs> Turner, there's a good reference. Dampness in Ireland. Dampness in Ireland. That's it. The weather has been shocking, so what can we say? Oh dear, yeah, the weather, actually, do you know what, The my, my lawn is, is, um... You've had all the storms and everything. It's not, like... it's not flooded, but it is waterlogged, and we've lived in this house for 12 years now, and I've never seen the lawn waterlogged. Wow. Um, there is a lot of water around my way at the moment. Mm. Yeah. Uh, mm. Jeremiah, how are you doing? Uh, there's, there's uh, other things afoot here besides water. <laughs> in america the the tide is rising in a quite a scary way <laughs> that's all i'll say today <laughs> now that, that's a comment that works probably on a number of levels isn't it <laughs> it does it does sadly um oh, oh well let's, let's talk let's... about art and photography and uh i believe that this is your episode adrian yeah so, so take it away this is something i want yeah thank you this is something i i, th- I thought would be worthy of discussion i and um I, i'm a bit worried i'm a bit worried that the whole world is becoming a bit self-referential uh and uh it's uh, and so i thought well actually you know what let's talk about studying photography let's talk about how it happened in the past which i think a lot of us would already know quite a lot about let's talk about how it happens now and how it might happen in the future it's so so just by way of introduction to this topic um you know my 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 first exposure to photography uh would have been through family albums you know uh, my grandfather was a keen photographer my dad still is in some ways a keen photographer uh and you know so so i was introduced to this you know uh, through prints and albums and stuff like that but then, but then you know that's not really studying photography as such but it is exposure when i started to study photography which you know in, in a hobbyist way um by that time because i was late into photography not because i'm really young but because i was late into photography the internet had been invented and so there was a lot of online stuff and then along came things like instagram and i think I, i'm a bit concerned we're in a bit of a, an inward spiral here i don't know whether it's a downward spiral but i think there's definitely an inward spiral so it occurred to me how do we how do we study photography and i've talked about recently uh the magnum streetwise book that i bought recently and i i, I do have a, a small but but carefully chosen collection of photography books which i i try and learn from as well as enjoy um but i i'm i think a lot of other people actually uh, actually focus on what they see on the internet and uh, we talked we talked a few weeks ago uh, on show 114 i think uh about trends in stock photography and and yeah and that got me got me thinking if if the stock photography agencies can predict the trends in photography and then everybody rushes to make shots like that aren't we it isn't the art of photography in that sense losing out somehow you know um should we not be sort of trying to branch out are we not uh, are we are we not artists who who need to you know uh, focus on stretching ourselves and exploring new things and, and what have you? Um, so, 
I don't know, maybe I'm overreacting a bit, you know, and maybe mm-hmm. these sort of things are an evolution, evolutionary process in art or something like that. But hey, I don't know. That, that's today's topic anyway. Um, mm-hmm. Ema, how, you, you've actually got formal background in studying photography, haven't you? Well, yeah, I did it in um, like after my leaving certificate, which is something that only happens in Ireland. Yeah, you leave in cert. <laughs> takes place just before you finish secondary school and go into third level so after that I kind of did a foundation art course and photography that was my first real introduction to photography and it was film and we had a teacher and we had dark rooms and when I went into college to do the degree we had a teacher we had dark rooms we did, went through the techniques in the dark room and then he left us loose to do our own thing so like what equipment was available was um relatively modest but um we just played around with it and that was the way I learned and I've kind of left all that learning go (laughs) which I do cling to a little bit um but yeah I don't know maybe is it because that you came later to to the photography it was definitely pre-internet or when all this happened so like we didn't have that um available to us well what, what did you do so. in, in in your courses though what did you do well, about... we looked at books the first photographer that ever just i went oh my goodness i love her work was diane arbus ah good choice mm. Mm-hmm. And and did you study a lot of books? I mean, you, you in your formal education, were you were you uh, were you asked or required to to study the work of other photographers and learn from that? Not particularly photographers. You know, obviously we would have done a bit of the history of photography. So, um, kind of man ray, you know, thing. Not a lot, really. I suppose through art in general, you were exposing yourself to different kinds of work, and you know, you would it was more of a mixed thing. It was like, it wasn't solely photography that I would have been doing at that time. So, but photography became the thing that I, um, say the medium that attracted me as a way to, um, capture what I was doing Mm. in college. So, um, and I, my huge thing, I was completely obsessed with, um, the movement of the figure in front of the camera for a long time. And I've revisited that a few times, but never to the same, in my mind, effect as the first time around when I did it. And a lot of that stuff was literally really experimental, playing around. And it was the whole fun then of taking that film in, developing it, see what happened, you know. And I got some lovely shots. (laughs) Always make that. That was my heyday (laughs) in my own mind. Good stuff. Good stuff. Jeremiah, what what was your experience of of learning and studying photography? Uh, Well, uh, I would have to say that um, I never had a uh, formal uh, education in photography. Um, My father was at one point a professional photographer way back when. Had a Photoshop, did portraits, that kind of thing. So I grew up around a lot of cameras, um, both film and large format. Uh, but um, I learned photography on my own. I mean, actually through books. Um, I, you know, bought a cheap and larger and, you know, put it in a closet, um, made it lightproof, and just followed, you know, step by step. 
Um, you know, I think it was the Time Life series on photography is how I learned it. And I, I learned it because I, I was uh, painting at that time and I wanted to use photography as a reference. And, um, and but I became very uh, enamored and captivated uh, by the, you know, I guess the technical as well as the artistic. Um, you know, in, in studying photography, I, I was obsessed with studying all of the greats, you know, from the early French um, photographers, uh, you know, mid-19th century, all the way um, through, you know, Irving Penn, um, Avedon later. Uh, Penn was a big influence on my uh, life mm. and, and choices. Um, Weston was maybe even a bigger choice bigger um reference for me edward weston um but i've always be um believed that uh if you want to kind of really explore any medium it's it's really important a to experiment as emer has done but also to be able to understand the the kind of formal craft of it um the more control you have on the craft the better it is to throw all of that technique away and just kind of be free. But I think you have to, if you want to recreate or create a body of work in order to kind of have some cohesion about, you know, more than one accidental image, it's important to understand where your mistakes or accidents came from, how to recreate them and how to push them forward. Um, as we are now in a whole different environment in terms of how we're exposed to photographs. We, you know, we, we tend to move away from looking at a photograph that is in our hand or even to a certain extent um, experiencing a photograph that is on the wall or holding a beautiful printed uh, image. That's a very different experience than opening a photo book. And again, feeling the tactile quality of the paper, I think that's very much integrated with with the history of experiencing, uh, f you know, photography writ large. Um, and then we have the screen. And not only we have the computer screen, we have all manner of screens, whether it's billboards or projections, uh, as well as our laptops or computer screens, some of which are becoming, you know, 4K, 6K, 8K soon. And then our phones. Um, so each of them has a different, um, uh, a different experience. And, and as we start to familiarize ourselves with, with an image, it's a very interesting exper experiment for people who are studying uh, images is to buy a book of your you know, favorite photographer, um, try and experience a print in a museum or gallery of that same photographer, uh, see that photographer's work online on your computer and in your phone and just really be very conscious of what the difference is. Um, are you drawn towards the subject or the photographer? Often it's it's different. Um, is it something that is expressed 
by the combination of technique and light and composition, like in a Ansel Adams photograph, or is it uh, like a Max Reeve, you know, beautiful HDR image of of a landscape that I've only seen online? There's a, there's a world of difference, and um, there is I, I, definitely. You know, I, I do think we have to choose. Um, as photographers or as artists, um, or even commercial artists, um, what we want to achieve with our photography. And I think if we're stepping into that world now, the way of learning photography is so, I would say, so much easier now. Is, um, is it? Ah, that's interesting because I, I want. It's good that you've stepped us up to today because I mean you've been you've been loosely bandying around some household names there. Fair, fair play for that. <laughs> but yeah, it, that's that's not what I I think I observe to, today, and and what I I think of as the risk for today. Because if you're starting out in photography today, the first place you're going to learn is YouTube. And, and there's, there's a whole bunch. Mm. Yeah, once you, once you see past the the camera review channels, and God. although that which which can be interesting and informative and mm. very useful, um, but once you get through that and you get into you get into a lot of technique, right? So there are there are a lot of YouTube channels out there with various different photography techniques, and some of that's great, um, and some of it is is you know an acquired taste. Let's say some it's, it's very subjective at that point because it depends on what you're interested in. But you know if you're if you're looking at um, you know f- stock photography, or if you're looking at you know Flickr, or if you're looking at uh, especially especially Instagram, um, you know you're you're going to see a lot of similar themes, um, mm. I think, and uh, you know you're going to um, yeah, and if you if you combine that with learning your your primary point of learning being YouTube, I think I think there's a big risk there, isn't it? I'd say that actually it's probably harder to get a good deep well-rounded education in photography today than it was maybe 30 40 years ago i don't know Eva, uh, what do you I, think about that <laughs> i would think that if you your desire is to be a commercial photographer and to make money from the work that you do or to display it in a gallery or whatever way you choose um then that kind of formal education becomes very important but i think um it kind of depends on your motivation because that none of that stuff would bother me at all in the slightest um it you know look i i don't know there's something incredibly um you know that sort of fierce study of a technique and i i understand the fact of having mastery of something okay and being good at it i get that but it, like at some point does all the joy just evaporate and it's all just about technique and well, Do you know yeah. what I mean? I'm going to, I'm going to challenge that Emer, because mm-hmm. I, I'm going to say that, um, technique in and of itself is also, um, directly connected to process and process is a condition where, as we can suspend our, our consciousness in a way and sublimate to a process that is in many ways bigger than ourselves so that in the i remember um this really and i think we can all share this experience of being in a dark room and working on an image 
And with some experience in the darkroom, the, the fluidity of moving from mm-hmm. exposure to the bath and mm. moving it through. And, and there's this kind of very beautiful, sublime, poetic experience that comes quiet and and watching the image kind of emerge from the bath and, and you know, washing it and hanging it and then finally mm. looking at it in the light – that's part of technique. That's learning. You know, there's a difference between 60 seconds and 90 seconds in a bath. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and, and so I, I do think as we embrace uh, technique in a way that, that allows us to manifest process um, like a potter throwing a pot, centering the clay and pulling it up, there's a lot of technique there. <laughs> technique and process uh, I feel can be one and the same. If we're only um, creating a meal from a menu without really uh, integrating it, then every time you do it, it's just step, 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 step. So that's, I think, what you're getting it without putting words in your mouth. Yeah. If it's just following a recipe and that's it, that's mm. one thing. But if you know that recipe after doing it for, you know, 20, 30, 100 times, the fluidity of that, you no longer have to refer to it. It's just something that comes naturally uh, like a good uh, athlete, you know, playing a game, taking a shot, um, you know, running a race. I totally understand what you're saying. And actually, I suppose maybe that's possibly a little bit of what has happened and you get comfortable maybe within that then and I suppose it becomes monotonous at some point and then you learn a new recipe or you you know get a different camera if that's your um you know thing uh, or you try a different technique or yeah I do I understand where you're coming from but um I just think as well that like artists in general and you know when you're trying to um make your living from it but I don't have the pressure of that but I do feel for people because um you're kind of under pressure to produce all the time then and then you produce something better the next time better the next time better the next time and I know that can sometimes be like a, a little competition that you have with yourself um we all do that but um it's um I don't know my motivation is just my motivation is my motivation is purely what I see on a daily basis. I'm not motivated by anything other than that, which probably sounds really simple, but um, so be it, you know. No, it's, it sounds great, actually, because yeah, what you got, I, I've brought it. I'm beginning to think that how I how I researched this particular show is actually uh, a bit one dimensional, because I was thinking in studying photography, perhaps in the in the sense of, you know, um, studying uh, what other people have done rather than learning their techniques but what you guys are bringing out here of course is is the 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 bit about practice and and i think in in the modern world the ability yeah the practice and the instantaneous feedback that you get from working with current tools is there there perhaps perhaps as that that's made learning easier perhaps that has made studying photography easier in the sense that you've got instant feedback you've got you know it doesn't cost anything to to create a photograph but maybe the set of resources you have for for research 
whilst there's everything is on demand and readily available maybe the 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 inspiration you would get from from that research is perhaps narrower than in the past when when you would have had to go to a library and look up books and go to galleries and stuff like mm-hmm. that yeah, so no, maybe, i mean that's a bit of both that that, that 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 could be true um i i, I guess it depends um, why you are attracted or why one is attracted to photography in the first place. I mean, I, I try to learn new techniques, you know, if not weekly, you know, certainly, you know, biweekly. I'm always learning something new and, and I, I'm trying to do that to keep my creative sensibility very fresh and pushing myself to to the edge, I always talk about how to move the conversation of photography forward, like why present photographs, why show your work. Um, if, if the work is just another um, pictorial representation of, um, of a path that so many have walked before, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I, I'm saying the appreciation and slowing down and, and recognizing how beautiful that particular moment, light, time, uh, the path well-trodden is, that has value to oneself, one's family, and one's friends. But when you start to push the work out there into the world, you think, why am I doing this what do I want back? Do I want to be mm. loved? Do I want appreciation? Do I want, mm. you know, I, th- I think that has a lot to do with it. In terms of studying photography, it's easy um, to become a, a um, an adept, <laughs> mediocre photographer very quickly. Oh, I claim that space. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, to- I totally claim that space. <laughs> And the reason is that our cameras now do so much for us. Now, again, I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. It allows the eye to focus on what is important to us and push a button and capture it. And then afterwards we go, oh, I think I want to, you know, I want to muck with this a bit. And so one learns to use a certain application or piece of software and that kind of opens up that very same image to a whole other way of seeing the world but if that's enough that's enough but when you want to kind you know when you want to go deeper then really learning all of the tools all of the the poetry of what's available then you approach um your world of appreciation framing um and capturing in a whole different way because you 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 see the world and you know if the light is falling in a certain way and you want to capture what you're seeing or what you're imagining your ability to to capture it in that way which it may not be a rendition or perfect recording of what you see but a darkening of the shadows or a brightening of the shadows or a changing of the color or a panoramic view of it all or a pixelated view of it that requires some understanding um and and as we have seen uh the the growth now uh, sort of counterintuitively of film photography is something that I find fascinating and exciting. I know Adrian does that's for <laughs> sure. Um, the, 
the the point is, why has that happened now? Adrian? That's a good. That's a, that, that's an interesting question, isn't it? Because, you know, in, in my experience, speaking over the last few years to quite a, quite a large number of film photographers, I, I find it's it's always a very personal reason. Um, you know, it's not um, it's not a one size fits all thing. Um, so it's it, but that, but it is definitely uh, uh, on on the increase, um, and it's definitely you know just just uh, as we record this l- last night I recorded something else uh, for for the Sunny Sixteen podcast, and I was talking with uh, the event director of uh, the photography show here in the UK, which is as I've said often enough before our little mini photo kina. Um, and uh, you know, this year there will be a whole section of the show floor dedicated to analog photography, and that's something that uh, some friends of mine have been working on with the event director. Um, and this is this is the the uh, I think the biggest commercial photography show of it, at least certainly of its kind in the UK. Um, and and you know, it's got to a point now where where analog <laughs> photography deserves its own its own thing which i think is actually it's a, it's a good segue because yeah we, we should be asking ourselves of course what does this mean for the future of photography yeah and i yeah. think i think you're you know going back to to my my uh somewhat downbeat intro of you know are we just all spiraling inwards i think actually yeah the the resurgence of, of analog photography and mm. i don't just mean film i mean you know analog photography in in all its its kinds i've got friends who bind their own books i've got friends who do cyanotype mm. printing and stuff like that you know and the uh, is it like final it's the kind of tactility of the thing that is kind of you know everything is so automated nowadays this is a little bit of a reaction maybe yeah you know i think i think you're right because i think practice is so easy now because everybody can just everybody's got a a a camera in their pocket but experimentation still requires thought and effort and some level of commitment um you know i I don't know much about the the academic study of photography because it's not an area I've, i've ever been exposed to but there are uh you know certainly i'm not seeing the the uh the the flow of photography books fantastic photography books you know re- real hardbound you know coffee table stuff um, i'm not seeing any of that you know diminish those those are still as real as ever so so may, you know, I, I i don't know maybe maybe the future is bright maybe the way we study in the future is by by trying out different things and experimenting i, you know, I, I don't know what do, do either of you see any of that sort of thing happening i i think that the 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 future of of the medium is different than the future of how we will acquire the skills and techniques to do it that they're those are two different you know organizing principles interesting. Uh, because uh, i i think the if i want to learn how to do a very specific thing i just go to youtube and type it in and oh, then yeah. i have to Sorry, i have to weed there. through you know uh, 80% of mm. you know dross but often I will find some. I will find the person who knows it, who also knows how to communicate it. That's not always the same. <laughs> no, no, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> um, and 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 really kind of um, learn that um, technique. And I do that with what I'm learning with Unreal and all associated a Blender and Unity and all of these things that I'm studying for my photography. Um, I'm learning it you know, bit by bit, step by step online. So I find it very, very appealing, uh, that kind of interactivity in terms of of learning. But in terms of expression, like what does it mean 
um, to be drawn to photography as we move to the future. Um, that's a different conversation. Um, why would someone want to know photography over, you know, s cinematic expression, you know, moving imagery? Um, those choices, you know, I think remain the same. I don't, I don't think there's a difference between someone's need to learn the collodion process, you know, around the turn of the century, um, because they want to move away from, you know, uh, a, a certain painting technique, um, I don't think that that's really changed. I think people who are creative always want to explore associated techniques that they can integrate. In other words, photography and illustration, um, you know, sculpture and, uh, you know, using a, a CMC machine or whatever they're called, <laughs> to, you know. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I, it's interesting, interesting connection to sculpture, actually. Yes, I suppose it is sculpture in a way, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I think, you know, artificial intelligence and drawing, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of combinations of kind of traditional, uh, the traditional need to, to express oneself creatively and integrating the um, ability um, to use techniques that came way before us and subject matter that uh, is still in front of us. So that uh, th those become very um, of the moment. Uh, you know, I, I just see that the world of expression um, technically is getting uh, easier um, to get a handle of, but we are also buried in, uh, in, in work and art and all of that stuff. So that get, you know, getting through the dross of it, how do we get that work out so that it, it manages to say something a little bit different than what came before? I think that's really where we're at. And, and we have to be sensitive to our own culture then. Yeah, there's a lot in what you've just said there, uh, and I, 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 I'll try because it's, it's about that time in the show we need to to, to draw the threads together. Um, uh, I'm I'm not entirely sure I'm able to do that this week. Sometimes we end up with answering the question of of what does this mean for the future of photography with a a bit of a shrug and a. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and it means it means a lots of things and, and and we're not all entirely sure um uh, I, I, Ema, any any last think, thought any last thoughts on on this one have you got any good answers for us you know i think uh, it's really difficult to actually come to conclusions sometimes because we live the three you know the four of us live in such different worlds and have such different experiences that i don't know how we could all ever come to some kind of unified conclusion because um like we don't i i have a sense of you know how jeremiah works or how you work from listens you talk or chris but like my experience is so so different that um it, photography is is not as big a part of my life almost as yours but my way of making my pictures is my way of keeping it in my life for now you know, which will maybe expand back into something bigger at a later date. But right now, here's where I am. Do you know what? That that I think actually does draw 
uh, it it does draw very nicely actually something together because may, maybe mm. what 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 we're you're getting there uh, if we sort of extrapolate from what you've just said, Ema, is that actually the whole study of photography thing in the future is is very very personal uh, and because of the way that you know so so much information and is is so readily available through different channels today maybe actually that the yeah the the study is it can, can be made more personalized and and the yeah. the learning and the experimentation and and the the references and the inspiration could all be could, could all be very much more particular to individuals which which actually in turn you know is going to break out of the group thing so maybe that's the antidote to what i was saying at the beginning uh you know where all a lot of the stuff that we see on the internet is is quite uh inward spiraling maybe the antidote is that there's so much stuff out there actually and mm. so many different channels people can learn their own way I suppose, you know, a discernment and every, you know, everyone is different strokes for different folks, isn't it? It's, yes. Everyone's different. So. Abs- absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Well, there, there, there we go. There's a good a conclusion of source. Let's say we should move on so, to our picks so of the week. We don't so. know. We, that, we bottom line is we have no yeah. idea. That's that's okay though. That's okay. Even when we say we do, we don't really. So we might as well just admit it this week. <laughs> Jeremiah, what's your pick of the week this week? Ah, my pick of the week is uh, a, an artist here that I want to draw people's attention to. It is uh, an artist called Julian Charrier. And um, I've listed, you know, I've, I've put up uh, his, his uh, or one of his websites to sample his work on our show notes. But as we're talking about um, how do we, you know, what is the, the movement into the future, you know, I, I look at his work and I see work that I've never quite seen. I'm not sure I completely understand um, what he's going for, but I find it compelling, beautiful, and fascinating uh, in terms of how he puts his work together. Um, and it, it shows you uh, an integration of concept, technique, expression, uh, it's drawn from a lot of different sources, but it's uniquely his. So I, I encourage people to visit Julian, J-U-L-I-A-N, Charrier with two R's, um, and uh, check check his work out. I think it's quite inspired. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it it is. Yeah, it is. Uh, good good stuff. Uh, Ema, what's your pick of the week? They remind me of um, a Casper David Friedrich paintings. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Don't they? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, I don't know who that is, but that's okay. Oh God, look him up, and you'll know exactly. What <laughs> every day is a, a learning to day. Casper the friendly ghost. Every every, <laughs> every day is a learning day. So, <laughs> uh, so okay, yeah, Ema, what's your pick of this week? My pick of the week is um, a lady that I had on my own podcast. I just met her today. Um, it's not even out yet, and her name is Lucy Phelan. Um, I'd love people to go and look at what she's been up to on www.lucyfeeling.com where you can see all her work. So she's a printmaker, but um, she um, is really interested in um, installation type work as well. And um, she was kind of on her travels. She started looking at gender and art and stuff like that. And, you know, the depictions of, of female figures in the gallery the pictures of the male figures in the gallery, the females are always, you know, passive, reclined, and the males are all, you know, uh, power and sort of dignified looking. And she um, was kind of thinking to herself that 
um, women in those sort of big um, classical galleries, national gallery, etc., etc., were more likely to probably have been working in the toilets than they would have to have their work hanging on the wall. And apparently, even nowadays, the gender balance is a little still a bit off, which I wouldn't have said, but the statistics apparently prove otherwise. But um, she started doing these um, um, sort of uh, stealth mini exhibitions in the ladies' toilets of galleries like all over Europe. Oh, wow. So you can go to her website and you can see the little videos that she's made where she puts her work on the wall um, and she uses then photographs to capture that um, or mini videos. And, and she uses the social media aspect really well. So her Instagram is really cool because it shows all these little sort of bombs and it, it's building together into what she's calling um, slow art, like slow food. Um, and just this body of work building over time, like these little interventions everywhere. It's very, very interesting and quite... Um, Possibly a way, you know, that we will use the mediums of photography and video in the future. Well, in terms of art, anyway, it's a fantastic way to um, share that little body of work to mm. everybody. Yes. And um, it's so accessible then as well. But um, she would combine that then with like um, traditional print um, and maybe sound installation with the print. And her work's really super interesting. So I would say go check her out. Oh yeah, yeah, good yeah, stuff. Good stuff. Right. Good stuff. Well, um, my my pick of the week this week is is uh, something that I'm going to go and do in the not too distant future. Um, uh, I mentioned actually uh, earlier on the the photography show um, as we record this uh, in early 2020. Um, it's about a month away um, in uh, in the UK here, and uh, at, at that I have actually booked to see. I've got to go go and sit in a, a theatre type environment uh, and see a a speech or a presentation or a talk or whatever you want to call it uh by uh, a lady called uh, and i'm going to get the pronunciation of the surname wrong so i apologize in advance uh susan mizellus uh who is a magnum photographer uh and so i'm really excited about that i mean i've been to see photographers speak in the past but no nobody from magnum um so uh that's that's something i'm really looking forward to um, she is one of the greats so her, her work she, so she is a she is a, a document uh, documentary photographer yeah. primarily i believe yeah. for at least from what i've researched um and some of her work is just just astonishing it really is um, so yes, I'll definitely put a put a link in the show notes to to her website um, and just go and check out some of her work. It's it, it, yeah, quite inspiring stuff actually. Really, really shows how you can pull together uh, a whole body of work, you know, uh, following a story and or, or you know, it's it sometimes planned, sometimes you know, chance encounters lead to these things, mm. um, and uh, you know, just re- really shows quite 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 a for me what's quite a. a a, a view of, of of pulling together documentary work which which is different from a lot of the stuff i've seen in the past so you know i'm looking mm. forward to hearing her speak oh yeah should be the good diary element for it looks nice and yeah do you know all that personal those letters and notes and everything yeah ab- absolutely they really add to the I, yeah i think she comes from that school that says uh if your pictures are boring you're not close enough <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> there, there's, there's a bit of an element of that and he, he, yes sometimes you're physically close enough sometimes just you know not diving into the culture and the subculture enough yeah so uh, yes yeah, so looking forward to that right well there we go um uh, that that was this week's the, uh, future of photography um i think uh, certainly i've learned a bit about studying photography hope you listeners have too um we will uh, we are on the internet of course please join in the conversation um we are uh, at tfop now t-f-o-p-n-o-w on twitter and we use the hashtag uh, tfop now uh, on the other social platforms um email we were going to start an instagram as well weren't we have we got an update on that yet for everybody um yeah it, it's gonna happen this weekend so keep an eye out all oh, right so by the time this episode goes out then there will be a tfop now absolutely instagram. yeah yeah cool. yeah by the time this goes out it will be in existence yeah absolutely excellently so so please yeah uh, hit, hit us up on instagram as well and and, and share your images there be good um uh, failing that of course you can always get started with finding us on the internet at the future of right well that was us for this week uh thank you very much for listening we'll be back next week goodbye bye bye you've been listening to the future of photography a production by adrian stock and chris marquardt subscribe to the show wherever you get your other podcasts find the show notes and more information at the future of photography.com.